Hey guys, this is Rob from Epica and you're listening to the Brutally Delicious Podcast. <laughs> I can't tell you how many podcasts were like, that was great. And Bruce is like, I didn't hit record. Don't believe so the <laughs> thing he said. That's a bunch of BS. <laughs> this is the most professional podcast you'll ever be on. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, that's a fantastic shirt. Oh, thank you so much. I love it. And that's probably my favorite album right there, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. I can imagine. Yeah. I love the Hellboy figurines in the background. I don't oh, even yeah. see- this is still oh. like this is this is still this is penis, man. I've got a huge collection over here. <laughs> <laughs> Are you in the Netherlands? Just, right like, now? just like any nerd, most of the stuff is still boxed actually, but yeah. I'm always out of space. That's the that's the main problem. Yeah. yeah. All right, we yeah. can just start, and Rena will jump in. I you guess got a great CD too. collection too. My God. Yeah, this is also still just a fraction. <laughs> <laughs> so you're a collector, is what you're saying? Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Mostly horror stuff. Well, actually, mostly yeah, mostly Mike Mignola based stuff. If it comes to the whole comic thing. And yeah, like you know, this Hellboy. I'm a huge Hellboy fan. I mean, this says enough, right? Oh wow! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there's a uh, there's Rena. Hello there. How are I guess you, Rob? I guess, I guess it's good morning for you. Uh, she's uh, in Finland. In Finland. Oh, then then actually she's it's later for us. It's for you at seven, right? <laughs> Spot on. Seven yeah. exactly. I know my time zones. Clearly, for me, there's still kind of some sort of sorcery. I know I don't understand how that shit works. Yeah, I know. I, you know. I, I, I know how that feels, especially on tour. <laughs> so I'm going to jump right in. Sure. Bruce, are we recording? Because I, I am like, recording. Uh, yeah. I, I <laughs> see this crap I got to put up with Rob. It's not right. Yeah. It's classic. Classic. Yeah, it's classic. Yeah. So I saw the, uh, the Hellfest uh, broadcast freaking amazing what was it like being out there it, it was great to be back again i mean last time we played there was in if i'm correct 2015 i guess it was with the quantum enigma so it's been a while and especially with the whole pandemic crap going on it's it's such a relief to be able to do stuff like this again and it's always a big you know it's a we always get a big rush of playing in friends anyway because i don't know if you ever been to health as before but the, no. the crowd over there is amazing Absolutely amazing. I mean, the crowd looked, and we were talking to somebody just previously, Einherger, or however you pronounce it, and they were saying the same thing. It was just absolute insanity with all those people there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Even though it was a pretty cloudy day, because I believe the week before it was hot and a lot of people uh, were dehydrated and everything. But because this year they did actually did two weeks, they did like two editions in one. Yeah. It was pretty insane as well i must say because when i saw the bill i was like how the hell are you guys going to organize this but they did it and uh yeah it was absolutely amazing well i was thoroughly impressed by your set and i've seen you many times before out on the boat and you know out on oh, right. yeah. times and around and it was a great set again so oh thank you beautiful <laughs> the stage show for you guys keeps kind of getting bigger and bigger that's and, that's the whole idea yeah and more fire yeah. which i find really <laughs> cool i love the fire yeah. Um, I I didn't know anything about Epica until 2011, and I was okay. on 70,000 tons of metal. 
mm-hmm. and I wasn't a metalhead. And I was drinking at the bar when I met this guy at the bar, and we just started talking. And I was like, oh, what brings you here? He's like, oh, I'm playing. I was like, oh, cool. What band are you in? He's like, Epica. I was like, I've never heard of you guys. I'll check you out, I guess. And you were, <laughs> you were playing on the pool deck. And it was Aryan. And and I ended at up... At the bar, obviously, yeah. Where <laughs> <laughs> else? So I ended up drinking with him and, and Isaac quite a bit one night. Right. And cool. I just couldn't believe... Because I'd never heard of them or heard mm-hmm. of Epica at all. And I fell in love with the band on at that set like it was just so i'd never heard that type of music before and i come from i came from canada you know i'm very kind of sheltered in my metal world at the time <laughs> Seventy thousand tons of metal really opened my eyes to what metal was and I, I bet that must have been pretty traumatizing for you as well <laughs> on such a boat with all those crazy idiots like being stuck together on a boat for four days or something like that it was a religious experience, man. It was like the best well, time of my thing. life. I was oh, just I like, that. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm never going back, you know? And um, it really turned me into a fan and I've been following ever since. Um, and it's just amazing to watch how you guys are constantly like growing. Everything you do is growing. The productions are growing. The stage productions are growing. Um, like art, art, artistically, you're constantly growing. Mm-hmm. And it's something that, that, that I find inspiring personally. Okay. Now, I just saw you went through and did a huge tour of Mexico. Right. Which, which must have been kind of interesting. How was that? It, yeah, that's uh, pretty correct. Uh, it was very interesting, to be honest. Um, first of all, I must say that we were a little bit afraid that it would have been like Perhaps because we did nine shows there, I thought like that maybe it's a little bit too much just for Mexico, because it's the first time we did that we did like nine shows in one run in Mexico, just one country. And since the whole thing that's been going on with the pandemic and ticket sales going down and everything, I was a little bit afraid that it, that it might be a little bit of a bummer that tour. But holy shit, it was such a, an amazing tour, and a lot of people showed up and. Wow, just one word, wow. It was an amazing tour. It's one of the coolest tours that we ever done. I can tell you. Some of the footage I saw from there, it looked like you guys were playing like tens of thousands, like it was just packed. Everything was jammed. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's, yeah, even, I mean, I must say it also blew our minds. We didn't expect it at all. Because, I mean, things also here in Europe, there are a lot of bands that are coming over here and even with like bigger names, sometimes they, they play at the venues that they normally play and they're not even sold out or they, they they close the balcony and stuff like that. We were kind of expecting the same thing to happen in Mexico as well, but no, not at all. Not at all. So that brings me to my next question then, because um, like when I, I remember I came back from 70,000 tons of metal 2011 and I used to teach audio engineering and I had a student from Brazil and I was like, I told her, oh man, I saw this band Epica. She goes, Oh my God, I love that band. They're like the Backstreet Boys in Brazil, man. They're huge. And then it, as, I, as I started to learn, no, I don't mean that. That's what she told me. I, I'm yeah, just repeating yeah. it. And I noticed like in South America, metal and you guys are quite huge. Mm-hmm. And in Mexico, so what is it in the US and Canada that's not, that we don't, that we're not getting? You know, as a general population, what are we missing? Um, I, I guess you can kind of compare it to Europe as well. Where I guess we're all pretty spoiled. 
I guess that's the main thing. And also that there's like, I hate to use that word, but there perhaps there's a little bit of a saturation of the market as well. Perhaps a little bit of an overkill if it comes to bands. Because uh, to be honest, the first time when I toured the US, I was surprised that certain bands that are huge over here played in yep. like these really crappy little clubs, yeah. like more like sports bars in the US. And that's the same thing like compared to, if you go to South America, Central America, I guess there many years ago, there weren't that many bands actually touring over there. And I, I remember actually before my time, before I joined the band, Epic, I was one of the very first metal bands actually to go there. Because I remember when Mark told me, because I have known Mark for many, many years, when he told me like, oh, we're going to do a tour in Mexico like 15 or 20 years ago or something like that. It was Everybody was looking at him like, what the hell? Why are you going to Mexico? Why are there even venues over there? Because a lot of people are not aware of that. And um, I guess that's one of the reasons why Epic has built up a really big fan base over there because the band has started really early playing there. Because they also told me the story that um, once they played in Costa Rica, and there were two metal concerts, concerts that year. One, Metallica, two, Epica. Wow. So, so you can imagine that, I mean, even though there's a big, I mean, there are a lot of metalheads over there. They have only choice for, for two shows, then they'll probably go pick both shows. Compared to if you go to the US or Canada or anywhere here in Europe, there is always a band playing. Even, even if you come over here and let's say you go to Amsterdam, for instance, if you go to Amsterdam, you want to check out the band. It's not a matter of like, oh, are we actually being able to check out the band? It's rather the question like, which venue are you going to check out or which band are you going to check out? Because you have like 10 uh, or maybe 20 options a, a night. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. It's just something I noticed, you know, and, and that the old student of mine really opened my eyes to what was happening with metal, especially right. in Central and South America. I was just like, wow, I had no idea that it was... You know, and then then you see tour footage from bands like Arch Enemy, and they go down there, and it's the same thing. It's just yeah, 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 insane, yeah. you know. And I'm just like, what are we missing? That's and and you're probably right. It's this oversaturation of the market. But like, I remember seeing you guys on seventy thousand tons of metal, then all the mm-hmm. concert footage, and then you came through Vancouver where I used to live, yeah, and you played uh, like a smaller club there, and I was just like, this is it was packed, mm-hmm. you know. It was great, and I think I even ate sushi with you guys that night. Actually, I did. I have photos of it. Could be that's, but that's been a while, right? <laughs> yeah, a long time ago. That was 2012, like decade oh, ago. Oh yeah, I remember those were like these huge sushi rolls, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. With oh, Rory, was Rory with was Rory, the tour right, manager. right, right. Yeah, I remember that he came in the tour bus with these huge <laughs> yeah. boxes of sushi. I, I believe we actually ate from the whole band and crew was able to eat from that like for three days or something. <laughs> 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 like sushi for breakfast for lunch for sushi. That's a uh, good question. Like, isn't that a death wish? You know. <laughs> yeah, but I remember yeah, that was that was pretty crazy. <laughs> but it was just something I thought about. Like, how do we, how do we as metalheads, uh, get the message out in North America better, so that mm-hmm. bands have more exposure and play bigger venues. You know, yeah. I don't yeah, have the answer. Are. It's just a question I have all the time. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. But there is also a big difference that, for instance, if he, if if the runner picks us up, picks us up from the airport and they put on the radio, you hear rock music. Yeah. If you put on the radio over here, also here in Europe, to be honest, it's all this. I don't want to put certain music in certain boxes or genres or whatever. But let's face it, it's just crap. You're not you're hearing plastic music. You're not hearing 
metal or rock or classic rock, for instance, there are a lot of people over there that are still listening to a lot of 70s and 80s stuff as well, yeah. which is quite rare over here and probably in the States as well. Huh. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Sorry, I'm not well, trying to sidetrack the guys, conversation. Like, I bet that's pretty rare. And then we got these guys. They're like, hmm, yeah, it never happens. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're old as fuck, you know? But <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Come on. Old. No, sorry. Like I might be bald, but I'm not 50 yet. Hey, hey. <laughs> I'm, I'm here just sneaking around, trusting beauty filters and shit, hiding my age, which is also <laughs> almost 40 in three months. But <clears throat> you're, you're, even uh, hiding where, you're, you're even hiding where you are. Yes. True. True. Very yeah, incognito. I, I see San Francisco and you're probably in Helsinki or where are you, where are you right now? <laughs> In Espo, yeah. So, oh. like, you know, the nearing city to Helsinki, yeah. just a stone's throw away from Tavastia, where you have probably. Ah, played. right, 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 yeah. right. So, like, what, what, what's, what's up now? What's happening with Epica? Like, are, are you guys working on new stuff or, or just touring, just doing gigs? We're doing a lot at the moment, even though we have like two weeks off, which is still doing a lot of stuff behind the scenes. Uh, yeah, like you said, we just had a tour in uh, in Mexico. We also did some dates yeah. and we played in Israel. We played in Turkey. We did some festivals here in Europe as well. We're going to uh, Greece next week. We're going uh, to Hungary. We're also playing at Wacken Festival. A um, whole bunch of other festivals. Also in France, I believe. And then, of course, mid-September. Uh, or Actually, I'm skipping one very important thing. Early September, we're going to celebrate our 20th anniversary with a 20th anniversary show in Tilburg in the O13. And we also already did some preparations for that this week. We went to the venue, checked some stuff out, what we're going to do production-wise as well. We're talking about big stuff and flames. Well, there you go. <laughs> there you have it. And uh, the, bigger the bigger the band. So Yeah, exactly, exactly. We're already starting to get in this... I remember that back in the days, the stages were too big and we looked kind of boring on stage. Now the stages are getting too small. <laughs> yeah, that's great. That's, that's cool. a good problem yeah. to have, though. Yeah, well, it's like your first world problems. Uh, I love all the metal work you guys have on stage right now. Like it looks oh, like yeah, an yeah, iron yeah. worker built it all up and yeah, very cool. That's really cool. Yeah, definitely. What was the, yeah. um, what's the we thought are, process? The Sorry, Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, we also have, uh, because of the 20th anniversary, also doing some re-releases as well. Like the first three albums will be re-released in a box set, but also with the Live in Paradiso DVD that fans have been waiting for 20 years now or something. Wow. And uh, that's also something where really, it feels like a, absolutely like a relief that it's finally going to happen. Even though it's before my time, it's, I wasn't even part of the band yet, but I noticed there's a, like this huge myth behind that whole show and people just want to see it. So I'm really glad that we finally can put that out. And, and last but not least, between the uh, North American tour and uh, South American tour, we're also going to release a new project that we've been working on, a new secret project. Oh, man. No, material as well. And you're probably going to hear some things that you never have heard us doing before. So Really? Yeah. Oh, my God. It seems like you guys are always working. Yeah. As a band. Yeah, I, hear I hear that a lot. <laughs> Which which is cool, yeah. but it's just like, it's like you're like, oh, we have two weeks off. Well, you're doing promotion. You don't have yeah. two weeks off, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you're still yeah. working. Yeah, exactly. We're two weeks at home, still doing stuff. Yeah, yeah. 
but I feel like that hard work is what makes you, you know, one step ahead of everyone else, right? Because you guys are grinding. Hmm. Yeah, well, that, that's definitely. If people ask me, like, what what is what is the force behind this band? It's definitely that the, the the passion and that we are very driven. Absolutely, I wouldn't, I can't ignore that. That's that's definitely a thing. If it feels like it, it's kind of weird because sometimes when I have like a day off or. It always feels like, uh, like, oh, damn it, I haven't done anything. I feel like a very unproductive, lazy bastard, even though we're doing so much in the meantime. If I look at my agenda and what things we have done in a week time, for instance, it's sometimes it's pretty insane. But it, perhaps we don't even realize it because it's so fun to do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so even like the country. That... Go ahead. Sorry. Do you ever miss, like, you know, do you get that, like, urge to, to to do absolutely nothing for some reason i can't talk i'm sorry just to do absolutely squat and just do nothing for a week does that because you know it, it, even if it's fun you can burn yourself out yeah I know, I know what you mean but uh for a few days okay but for a whole week no no it's uh i mean i can really enjoy being at home and sitting on the couch just watching tv or movies and do nothing but after a few days i'll get bored anyway yeah there's always something going on over here. So. <laughs> so what's it like playing in such an influential metal band? Because, I, you know, I in my eyes, I kind of see Epica as like the pinnacle of what you guys do. You know, that genre of music. So what's it like playing in a band like that? Like, do you have a lot of um, younger artists that come to you asking for help or advice or anything along those lines? Yeah, that definitely helps. But I, I guess sometimes we don't even realize that ourselves that that we're in that position, to be honest. Yeah, because it's been like you said, it's been twenty years. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, twenty that's, years. That's pretty crazy when you think about it. It's, and even me. I mean, I, I'm the guy who joined the band. Like, I'm like still considered the new boy. But that's <laughs> also, I mean, that's also like over Do ten what? years ago. Over ten years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. yeah. Things have been pretty stable. But what you said, yes, absolutely. There are a lot of musicians out there that ask for advice. And uh, I'm also working as a teacher at a metal school. So I'm actually doing the same thing. I'm also uh, helping a lot of young, growing metal musicians, help them with their careers and coaching them and stuff like that. So that's also very cool to do, by the way. That it, Teaching is the best way to learn. Yeah. You know, honestly, like if you think you know something, and then you start teaching it, suddenly you realize just how little you knew, you yeah. know? Because yeah, you get asked definitely. so many questions about stuff that you would have, oh, I never thought about that that way before. Mm -hmm. Oh, I never approached it this way before. And right. there's all these things that come up and then you have to research and suddenly you find out, holy shit, <laughs> you know? Like, yeah, and the good thing is also that, that you also keep repeating the basis of everything, the whole essence of making music and everything what's behind it but also your instrument for instance and sometimes that that can, can be a little bit lame but at the same time it keeps you fresh as well and it keeps you focused because i remember that before i did this old stuff i was playing these very yeah crazy progressive metal bands and stuff like that and it was all about technique and playing fast and stuff like that and you, when somebody asked me like play a simple blues for instance i totally forgot how to do that so you kind of lose your whole essence of the the whole music making and everything behind it, and that's that's the good thing about teaching is that you keep repeating it over and over again. Yeah, it's amazing. Do you feel a sense of responsibility then to your your fans and to your, I guess, your students, in a way or no? 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, I do feel a responsibility also to keep this whole thing alive and to, you know, I mean, in the end, I mean, there's a new generation coming up, there are new genres coming up, and I mean, with this whole world, how it's going right now, we have to definitely keep this whole thing alive. So I definitely feel a kind of a responsibility regarding that. Right. Especially because there is a metal family, right? I mean, there's there's definitely something that holds everyone together from every country just based on the riff. Yeah, exactly. But also the whole industry is changing and it keeps getting harder and harder for like for younger bands to actually break through and to go doing tourings and everything. And I mean, when you're starting as a band, you have to invest a lot. And uh, a lot of people don't have the luxury to do that. And things are also changing. I mean, it was not like it used to be like you get a record deal and here's like a huge advance of, let's say, 200 grand or whatever. So you can uh, live of it for a couple of years. It's like, okay, you can already be happy if your record gets released. Or actually the whole the whole medium of records is starting to be become a little bit dated as well. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the whole social media thing and the whole streaming platforms and everything that the, the whole like music as a physical product is definitely it's still something for the purists and for the like diehard fans but it's definitely a thing that's yeah it's it's gone basically yeah Rina? that is that is a huge shift yeah it is. you know it's it's massive and i don't know how bands make that up honestly that revenue loss yeah that, that that's like that's something i don't understand personally and a lot of people with smarter minds have probably figured it out, but yeah. I don't know. Yeah, well, that that's also one of the reasons why bands also need to play, especially if it comes to metal bands, you have to tour if you want to make money, you want to be able to live of it, because that's also the thing. A lot of people think that, oh, these guys are playing these huge shows, they must be rich and everything. That That's complete nonsense. I mean, we just have a, like, a, we make a living out of it, and we were still making, uh, we're, we're still being able, also during the pandemic, when we had the lockdown, we weren't able to play, we still had enough money to make a living out of that. That's all fine. I'm really being very grateful for that as well. But right. it's already pretty much a pain in the ass to be able to to make a living out of this. So, yeah. Well, you, like I saw, on, yeah. like on the on the on the one sheet that was sent over, it's like one thousand shows in sixty countries. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like when you when you when you think about that, yeah, that's that's a huge commitment. Yeah, it is. You know, like how many dates a year are you guys on the road? Like oh, pre-pandemic. Yeah. Um, well, time-wise, we're always like during like a regular year, I would say like six out of 12 months, we're on the road, definitely. Wow. wow. Yeah. That's crazy. So you're grinding and that's, and I think that makes a difference. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So like 180 to 200 days a year, you're up. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's 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 hard work it is yeah and it's it's funny like how you think about it like that it's either every other day you're doing a gig or then Mm -hmm. uh, half the year for touring and half the year for chilling but it's probably closer to the every other day you know and it just comes across completely different like that yeah and like we discussed before even if we're chilling at home we're still at work yeah that's the whole thing. But that it's really funny when I, for instance, when I explain it to like, let's say, to to my family, like what we're doing, I always get this like this remark saying, "Oh, it's almost like you're running a company." It's like, no, we're running a company. <laughs> it's exactly what yeah. it is. 
It is exactly that. Yeah. Yeah. It's I mean, almost and, like you have a business. No, it yeah. is a business. <laughs> I am running a business. <laughs> yeah, and it's even a trickier business than many of the businesses out there. You know, like it's 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 windier. It's more like uh, sort of at the at the mercy of the circumstances, like right. you know, these pandemics. And of course, like the entire industry took a hit, and the restaurant industry took a hit. Blah blah blah. But like most industries would still just keep going and, and like right. just make some adjustments. And, and it doesn't have to be like a pandemic or anything. It's such an up and down. If people just decide that, hey, female fronted metal, we're done with that, you know, then, you know, then that's it. And there's yeah. not much you can do about it because it's all about like these trends and fluctuations of what people want and what they're into and what they actually enjoy and what they find bring something into their lives. But mm. there I have to say that, you know, conquering that whole South South America and Mexico and all, all that stuff, because I am willing to bet my butt that it's never going to be done in those regions. So you'll always have Mexico, always. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But, but also what you said, like, I don't think that people will be done with a certain genre there. I mean, people are listening to certain bands. And if you're a diehard fan, then you'll care anyway. You don't care. I mean, that's something that I also kind of, at least that from my point of view, what I kind of noticed is that, that the whole thing about genres is kind of changing. There used to be like very strict, like, oh, this is death metal. This is black metal. This is symphonic, blah, blah, blah. And now it's all, everything is kind of mixed up anyway. It doesn't, doesn't really matter anymore. People are there for the bands and it doesn't matter anymore, like which genre you're from. Right. Because also these days we don't do like, normally back in the days we did packages with like, bands from our own genre that's something that's not really happening anymore there's also something mm -hmm. that's changing because there's that's really interesting yeah it's very interesting i'll tell you i wouldn't want to go on before you or after you i mean i've, I've <laughs> no, seen you guys live sure. <laughs> and like arian is a is a is a clock you know he is. oh <laughs> yeah he is he is yeah. <laughs> and and you're no slouch yourself so like you talk about like you're on the road so much yeah you never mentioned practicing your instrument but that's also a huge part of what you have to do. Exactly. When we were on the road, that that basically, I mean, the funny thing when I, when I joined the band, um, that was actually on the release date of Requiem for the Indifferent. That's when Eve decided to to leave the band, and I had like ten days uh, to study all the songs. And um, when I went on tour, I, I, I also asked the guys like, okay, when are we going to rehearse? Because I mean, this is going to be my first tour with you guys. I haven't done a show with you guys before. How are we going to do this? And they say like, you know, just practice. And if there are certain songs that are still kind of tricky for you, we'll do them during the sound check. So wow. yeah, but what about an actual rehearsal? He said, well, we never rehearse. We only rehearse when we go to the studio. That's it. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And, and 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 to be honest, we did the, we did the shows and they went pretty okay, I must say. Yeah, oh yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah. when everyone's a professional, and they they keep their chops up, that's yeah. really all that needs to happen, right? Because everyone exactly. can count, everyone can play the parts. Yeah, and to be honest, I, in, I also in Finland, sorry, we have this we have this saying that goes only the talentless rehearse, and I think it applies perfectly here. <laughs> That's an interesting <laughs> Of course, you have to keep yourself in shape, of course, because, I mean, we're not getting any younger, and you have to keep everything like, a, it still has to be like an oil machine anyway, but, yeah, I mean, even during the lockdown when we didn't have any shows, like, what's the use of keep repeating those same songs if you don't have any shows, I mean. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Well, and there are all... people who do it, and that's okay. I mean, that's that's up to other people. But 
Yeah, not in my case. Thank you, my friend. It's been a been a pleasure. I'm hoping to catch you when you're here in the states. In the, I think it's a couple months, right? A month or two. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're we're starting mid September, and uh, yeah, just let me know. I mean, send me a message on social media, and we'll we'll catch up. Where are awesome. they? Where where are they playing here, Bruce? I saw the routing, but uh, I think it's up by you more, more in Maryland. I think Is it there's Baltimore. A game. Are they playing at the yeah. soundstage? Probably. Okay. I don't. Have well, I'll be there hand, for but... sure. Yeah. No, not not soundstage. I mean, this this actually like. We're doing a tour with Sabaton, and the veins are starting to get pretty big with those guys. So, oh yeah. man, okay, one second. I, I'm not going to let you go yet. I got to look it up here. <laughs> I need to know. I had to. I didn't know you were touring the U.S. Yeah, and it's yeah. coming up. I have. I have to schedule over here. Where, where, where do you guys live? Virginia. Virginia. Washington D.C. Basically. Or Maryland. All those are right here. Right. Uh, Houston, Nashville, Atlanta, Silver Spring. Oh, they're playing Silver, Silver Springs. Springs. The Fillmore? Yeah, at the yeah. Fillmore. Yeah. Oh, that's twice. way closer to me. That's yeah, awesome. We're actually, we're, and oh, we're it's sold out. It. Fuck. Yeah. No, it's a double. It's going to be another show. Double show. Okay. Plus, you have connections. Exactly. Just let me know. <laughs> put you on. Yeah. I mean, I'll, come on, man. I'll put you on the guest list. No problem. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. No, I want to go. It's, it's, uh, bring sushi. Bring sushi. I'll bring sushi. I'll bring sushi and I'll buy beers. Trust me. Bring it fresh, though, not three days old. Right, 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 right. Still fed right. up from that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, Rob, thank sushi. you so much for taking the right. time. I appreciate it. Yeah. Super lovely thank you meeting too. you. And I uh, hope to see you guys in the future. Absolutely. Somewhere. Be Got safe it, on tour. Definitely. Thank you so much. All right. Bye. Bye. What's up, everybody? I am Finn McKenty, host of the Punk Rock NBA podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. My podcast is all about doing what you love for a living, and every week I sit down and talk to people who have done exactly that. For example, musicians like Tommy from Between the Buried Me, Matt from Periphery, Lil Lotus and Shinigami, among many others, photographers, artists, designers, YouTubers like Glenn Fricker and Sarah Dietschy, and I unpack exactly how they got to where they are today with the goal of helping you do the same. So if that sounds cool, you can listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com, and I'll see you there.